The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I'm kind of homesick for a country In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 4 through 7, what we're going to read in a moment, there's an order given. Uh, and that order is specific for our Christian life. And if we follow the order that I'm going to share with you through God's word in Hebrews 11, it can significantly impact and strengthen your Christian walk and your work, as we're going to see. But let me read Hebrews 11, 4 through 7, and then we'll have a word of prayer. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Let's pray together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your son would be glorified, your kingdom would be advanced, your church would be edified, that lost souls would come to know Christ this morning throughout this entire complex, that your children would be strengthened, that, Father, we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to do your work. So, Father, meet with us. I pray that you would give us all wisdom, understanding, and knowledge as we look into your word. I pray that you would help us focus, put all the cares and concerns of this world uh, outside of our mind right now and help us solely concentrate on the things of God. And may you work in each life this morning, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. So the order here that I find, which I titled the message www.godsway, is we find in verses 4 through 7, and that is in the life of Abel, we find worship in the life of Enoch, we find the walk with God. And in the life of Noah, in verse 7, we find the work for God. And it is imperative that we follow uh, this direction from God, this outline from God, so that we can fundamentally prosper in our Christian life. Because Work for God is a natural byproduct of worship and walk. All right? Work is a natural byproduct of worship and walk. This is a truly a foundational truth. And if 
if we follow this foundational truth, it will tend to freedom, whereas if we get this order jumbled up and mixed up, it's going to lead to a lot of frustration in a lot of Christians' life. And there's a lot of Christians that are frustrated with their life, their Christian life, and in many cases, it's because they do not have the proper order that they're following in their life because many have messed this order up and because of this, they're just not making it per se in their Christian life because a lot of people think that work, work, work makes a Christian and it doesn't. We must get our worship right so we get our walk right so that will work right. That's what we have to understand that is good. This is, this in this general, this is a general order, but again, most reverse it. I'm going to work, and then I'll concentrate on my walk when I have time, and then uh, after I'm exhausted from working, I'll concentrate on my walk, and then if there's any time left over, I'll worship God. And that's not, again, how it should be. Let me say this statement and understand what I'm saying. You are not right with God because of what you do. You can read your Bible every day and not be right with God. You can attend church every Sunday and not be right with God. I said in Sunday school, the Bible says, all our righteousness is filthy rags. If we're doing it in and of ourselves, my friends, it's not the right motivation. Work does not have to equal spirituality. I've seen a lot of people do a lot of things in the church, but their heart is far from God. Their heart is looking for power. Their heart is looking for prestige. Their heart is looking for influence and position in life, not to build the kingdom of God. Well, I do this, I do that, I do this. That's, that's good. But may I ask you this morning, how's your worship? How's your walk? How are those? How, how strong is your worship and your walk? The faulty thought process can be ingrained in our mind because of our flesh, because man looketh on the outward appearance, God looketh on the heart. It's who we are. We look on the outward. Well, what are they doing? How, how many times are they doing this? And what are they doing over here? That's just how we are built. We are built to judge on the outward appearance. But as the Bible goes on to say, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Because a lot of good things are done for the wrong reasons. And I want to ask you this morning, how's your worship this morning? In verse 4 of Hebrews 11, it, again, let me read it. It says, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh, worship must come first. And it must be as Abel offered unto God, Abel offered unto God an appropriate sacrifice. Pastor preached on this last 
Sunday night, a lot of so-called worship is going on, but it's not pleasing to God. Proper worship is found in John 4, 24. They that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. That starts with salvation. Because our spirit is dead until we are born again. And then through the process called regeneration, the Holy Spirit comes in and we are rebirthed, we are born again, our spirit comes alive again, and through that living spirit, as it's been regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, we then can communicate with God, and we can truly worship Him. And not only do we worship Him in spirit, but in truth, and truth is getting to know Him, and when we get to know God, then we're able to worship Him in a more effective way. You see... When's the last time you glorified God for just who he is? When's the last time you woke up in the morning and said, God, I glorify and honor you because you're a God of mercy and grace. You're a God of love, kindness, forbearance, and all the characteristics of God. God, you're omniscient, you're omnipresent, you're omnipotent, you're almighty. You are my strong right arm. You are my rock of defense. I just glorify you for who you are, not what you've done, but just for who you are. When's the last time you did that? And maybe that could be why you're faltering in your walk. Because if your worship is faltering, my friends, your walk is going to falter and your work is going, to be, it's going to be diminished for the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Revelation 4.11, don't turn there, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and praise. Many children of God are falling by the wayside because they do not know God. Thus, they cannot truly worship him. And that's why it's imperative to be in the Bible every day so that we can gain the knowledge of who God is, know the names of God and what they mean, as we know Elohim, the great creator, El Shaddai, the mighty God, Adonai, Lord our master, and Jehovah. Jehovah, the self-existent one, and it goes on and it goes on, and the Bible is full of, of facts and all that about who our God is. But as we get to know our God in a better way, in a, in, in a deeper way, we can then in the morning and throughout the day just worship him, adore him, honor him, glorify him for just who he is, not because of what he's done. That's praising God. Oh, I praise you for doing this. I praise you for doing that. That's, that's another segment. That's awesome. But just to worship him, adore him, honor him, and this must be a daily occurrence in our lives. And a lot of times it's, it's overlooked. A lot of people think that we just worship God when we come to church on Sunday. And that's part of your worship. 
as we sing his songs and as we give our tithes and our offerings, but may we learn Monday through Saturday, maybe even when we wake up in the morning and just spend a little time worshiping him. How awesome our God. Our God is so awesome. Not only for what he's done, but just for who he is. Our God has done so much for us. He saved us, saved us from an eternal hell and is preparing a place for us in heaven. We praise him for that. But I just honor and glorify him because he's just God Almighty. He is Jehovah. He is our provider. He is our healer. He is the Almighty God. It says in Psalm 143, verse 5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. It's just you think about it. You just think about how awesome and how mighty our God is. Because he's so vastly, vastly different than what the world has to offer. The world has nothing eternal to offer, but our God does. Our God has no beginning and no end. Try to wrap your mind around that. I can't. Our God is three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Try to wrap your mind around that. I, I can't. But by faith I believe it. And may we just, we have, we, we marvel at so many things in this world, whether it be space travel or airplane travel or this or that or all the technology, we sit there and say, oh, it's a marvel that we can do this. It's a marvel that we can do this. But how about marveling at something or someone that is self-existent, always been, always will be, and that has saved our souls? Instead of marveling at my stinking iPhone, marvel at my God. Instead of marveling that I can send an email across the country or across this world, how about marveling at my God and getting wrapped up in my God and honoring my God and glorifying my God for just who he is? It would do us, I think, good to do that. Secondly, though, in verse 5 of Hebrews 11, it talks about Enoch. Enoch was translated, it said, that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And back in Genesis, it talks about Enoch walking with God. You see, when we worship God, it will empower you to walk with him. There's an awareness of God in everyday living that affects the way you think, the way you speak, and the way you act. Our thoughts, our words, our actions should line up with the Bible. We should acknowledge the Bible and appropriate the Bible in our daily life. Our life should be based on the principles of the Word of God. Not what your psychology book says. Not by what Oprah says. Not by what Jerry Springer says or any of the other talk show or the late night talk show host or Ellen, I call her degenerate, but degenerates. I don't go by those principles. I go by the principles of the word of God. 
because all they say is temporary, it is situational, whereas the principles found in the Word of God that we should have our lives patterned after are eternal. You say, what do you mean by walking with God? Well, walking is taking repetitive steps. It's not just taking one step. That's one step. That's not necessarily walking. Standing is standing. Obviously, you stand still. When we walk, we take repetitive steps getting somewhere. And what we need to do with our walk with God, we need in our walk with God is to take repetitive steps as we pattern our life after the principles of God's word. So as I go about my life at home, I am walking, I'm taking repetitive steps in the spirit as I pattern my life after the principles of God's word, but my walk doesn't stop when I leave the house. It continues at the clinic. It continues at the rehab center. It continues at recreation. It continues with shopping. It continues when I'm here at church. I'm taking repetitive steps as I, as I acknowledge and appropriate the word of God into my thoughts, my words, and my actions. And as we worship our God, as we get caught up in the awesomeness of our God, it then facilitates, it makes me want to take those repetitive steps in the word of God. Because I know how awesome my God is. Our walk must be based on our worship. See, I want to be, and I believe I am, in total love with my God. And I'm amazed that he would love me. I'm amazed that he would save me. I'm amazed that he would bless me with the family that I have. I'm amazed that he's blessed me that I am a United States citizen, which I am still proud of. I am blessed that I have a church family like you. I am blessed that we have a pastor like you. I am blessed. I am in total awe of my God. And because of that worship, which I'm not the poster child of, however, I want to walk with him. I want my thoughts to be principled after his word. I want my speech to be seasoned with the word of God. I want my actions to demonstrate the actions of Jesus Christ. And with great anticipation, I wait for the next opportunity to serve him. And so you can see how the worship of God, just, I like to call it getting lost in who God is. And just marveling at who God is. When I was in medical school, the first year we did gross anatomy, which is dissecting a cadaver. And I was amazed at how everything came together and worked together. It, it's really amazing. You ever think about it, just walking, how amazing that is? You know, not a lot of things in nature are stable on two feet or two, two legs. But we are. Not, not every day, but you know, we are. It's amazing that we can ambulate or walk around and 
bend and go back and forth or be blown by the wind and the majority of people still stand erect. But then the second semester of uh, our first year in medical school, or the first, it was one of the semesters, we had a course called histology. And histology is the study of tissue. And a lot of that course was in the laboratory looking under a microscope at the cellular components of what makes up the big thing. Now, I was amazed at the gross anatomy, how everything comes together and works. But I'm going to tell you, when I looked under the microscope and saw the cellular aspect and the intricacy of each and every cell, I would sit there looking under the microscope and say to myself, how great our God is. It just didn't happen. It just, it just wasn't by chance, because probability dictates it's not by chance. And I would think to myself, what a God we have. And because I would say, George, what a God I serve. What a God has saved me. That worship of God makes me want to take repetitive steps in my thoughts, actions, and words to glorify him. So you can see how the worship strengthens and motivates and facilitates your walk. And then lastly is your work. Whereas most people flip it around. Do, 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 do. The more you do, the greater Christian you are. I don't know about that. But I'm going to tell you this, because I don't want you to take me the wrong way. I'm not saying sit there on your duff and do nothing. If you worship and you walk with God, you'll work for God. Oh, you mean I just worship and walk with God? No, that's not what I'm saying. The sermon's not over yet. Those that worship and walk with God, they will work for God. But they will be working in God's power for a godly reason, with godly motivation. It says in verse 7 of Hebrews 11, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen as yet, Moved with, moved with fear, prepared an ark, which is working, to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. You cannot consistently, effectively work for God if you are not worshiping and walking with God. Because we are in a very real battle. Whether you know it or not, when you accepted Christ as Savior, you signed up for the army of God. And when you signed up for the army of God, Satan took notice. And there is, it's not a physical battle, for our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are spiritual, Paul told the Corinthians. It is a real spiritual battle. That's why tomorrow, well, tomorrow's the fourth, but... On Tuesday, we'll wake up, most of us, and have to go to our jobs 
And even though you, you lay in bed, or I do, going, oh, my soul, another day. But that's just a personal thing. Uh, I'm sure none of you do that. But uh, we sit there and we go, oh, I've got work to do. And you drag your carcass out of bed and you clean up and you go to work and you do your work. But I'm telling you, it's different on Sunday morning. It seems like all hell can break loose on Sunday morning. Because it's a spiritual battle. Because you're coming to church to get spiritual manna, heavenly food. And it's different on Sunday morning than a lot of the other mornings, isn't it? Because it's, it's a spiritual battle that is out there, and we're going to get tired, we're going to get weary, but if our worship and our walk is where it should be, our worship and our walk will sustain us. It will fortify you to work so that you can, again, work for God properly. We must be serious about our work. We tend to get caught up in our work, don't we? Because man looketh on the outward appearance, God looketh on the heart. But do not allow your work to diminish your worship. Because if you diminish your worship, it's going to disrupt your work, your, your, your walk, and it's going to affect your work. Take your Bibles, if you will. There's an awesome illustration in the Bible in Isaiah 6 about this. Turn over to Isaiah 6. So how is your worship? And how's your walk? Because those two things, when they're strong, your work will be strong. It says in Isaiah chapter 6, <clears throat> let me read verses 1 and 2, and it demonstrates this order, worship, walk, work. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And here, here's the illustration here. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. Here's worship now. With twain he covered his face. That's worship. That's showing how unworthy we are and how worthy our God is. And with twain he covered his feet. That's walking with God. And with twain he did fly. That's working for God. You see that? Worship fortifies your walk which facilitates your work. Now, if you will, there's more here in Isaiah chapter 6. And this, this is another aspect of how, how awesome our God is that he puts all this in his Bible for us to understand. Let me, let me share with you here in, in, um, in verse 5. It, it shares this again. It says, and now go to, I will tell you what, oh, that's for, I'm sorry, in verse 5. 
Then said I, woe is me. That's worship. Because when you realize who God is, you say to yourself, woe is me. My God is so awesome. Who am I in light of God? Look at verse 7. So we see worship again in verse 5. In verse 7, we see walk. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sins purged. You see, the woe in verse 5 is worship. The, the low in verse 7 is walk. And then you see in verse 9, the word go is work. And he said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but, per but uh, perceive not. You see the woe, the low, and the go. You see the worship first. Which, which fortifies your walk, which facilitates your work, whereas in a lot of our lives, and I've done this myself, you get it all flipped around, and if you have time left over after working all day for God, you spend some time worshiping Him. And that's why people fizzle out. People come in, they get all, they get all excited, <clears throat> they get all... Uh, uh, outwardly looking and they work 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 and then they're gone because they weren't worshiping because they weren't properly worshiping they didn't have a strong walk and because they weren't worshiping right they weren't walking right they were working in their own power and my friends we don't have the sustaining power to keep this up got to come from God I can't do I can't save myself and I cannot sustain myself in this work it's got to be from God and so take a step back and evaluate your worship and your walk and even today, if you've not worshipped God, I know you're here, and I pray that you're glorifying God and honoring God and finding out how awesome our God is. But, And I'm not talking about being so heavenly-minded that you're worthless on this earth. But as I sat in that laboratory looking under the microscope, Inside of me, I had a spell. How awesome our God is. That he would take the nucleus and the DNA and the RNA and the mitochondria and all those other things that make up the cell that I forgot. And the thing is, they all work together. Because our God is a God of order. He wants you to work. And I'm all for work. I think I work a little bit. But I need to worship God. So do you. In fact, 
going back to my Star Trek days, that's our prime directive, isn't it? I know we're here to work, but God put us here to worship him. So how's your worship this morning? May I encourage you today, whether you're sitting in your recliner, lying in bed, sitting on your lanai, looking under a microscope, which I hope you don't do, but if you are waking up tomorrow morning, I serve an awesome God. My God is great. My God's wonderful. Even if he didn't do a thing for me, now he has, but even if he's not done one thing for you, that does not diminish the awesomeness of our God. Take that now, how awesome our God is, and all he has done for you. Spend some time worshiping God today. If necessary, you can bow at an old-fashioned altar. Say, God, it's been a long time, but you're awesome. And I want to worship you today. And I'm going to tell you, that will fortify your walk, and it will facilitate you working for God. So please remember the order that God's given us. In Hebrews 11, Isaiah 6, worship, walk, work. Or as I like to say, www.godsway. Because I'm still learning, obviously, but in the 51 years that I've lived, and I know I don't look that old, as I said in Sunday school, and I've Appreciate your compliment. I'm learning every day that God's way does work. So help us. Help us, Father, today to worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. I pray that you would help your children worship you today. Truly, just understand to even a small degree, how awesome you are and what a privilege it is to walk with you, to take repetitive steps after your word, principling our life after the word of God. And, and then we have the privilege of actually working for you, knowing that as we worship and walk with you, you will sustain us as we work. So I pray that you will work in every heart that is here this morning. Help us make good, godly decisions that would glorify you and strengthen our Christian life. Holy Spirit, move up and down each aisle. Tug on hearts' doors. And I pray that you would help all of us be responsive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit this morning. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you'd also if you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.